0: And we're live, we're live, Um, sabaho, sabaho and welcome back to the last Saturday in July 2022. I can't believe we are over July, summer is over for the most part and for everybody that, well, for most parents, at if you have any kids or anybody like uh, that has kids, you'll know that very soon kids are going to be going back to school don't know why I started the conversation this way, but you know, it's the end of July and it's something that apparently is on my mind this morning, this Saturday, but uh, you know, actually let's, let's bring everything back together. Sabaho, welcome back to the channel. Today, we are going to talk about a couple of hot items on the market. Um, And specifically, we're talking about, obviously, the launch of a new one and obviously, technically, the launch of a second one. Uh, What we're talking about is the Pixel 6a from Google that officially launched yesterday. So as of the 27th uh, or the 28th, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is basically available now for you to pick up, meaning you can order it, you can go into a Google store, buy it, you can pre-order, get the pre-orders delivered, all of the information above uh, start happening. The biggest thing, obviously, about that is that now people are able to try the device. They're able to make their own decisions. They're able to see what's going on with the 6A. And what happened for us, obviously, with Team Pixel is we got our devices, our pre-release devices a week ago, literally on Friday a week ago, I got the device. So I didn't feel comfortable doing any videos or making judgments or calls on that video on that device uh, before having some time with the phone. I feel like that's the right thing to do. And anybody that tries to try to make like a review prior to that. Now, obviously, if you've had it longer before, there are a different set of people that had it before media and different outlets already had their devices. I'm referring to mostly basically uh, for kind of reviews if we're trying to push it up. This video that I pushed out maybe 10 minutes ago on the main channel is not a review. It is by no means an attempt to review it is my experience and a summation of the different things that i've experienced after being a a person that has used pixel devices back when they were called nexus devices and all the way up to this uh, generation i've practically used every single pixel that google has put out and my experience with using a pixel 6a a midranger that's trying to punch above its market or basically above its weight class let's just to say that uh, if you like that about um, so that's really what the, what the video did. I was actually spending most of my morning this morning um, culminating, putting together, stitching, adding content, and so on. And I included some content, some pictures that I took yesterday with Juan Carlos. So if you guys obviously probably already know, Juan Carlos Bagnell, a great friend of the show. Um, I had a chance to spend some time with him yesterday at the Peterson Museum here in Los Angeles with my son, Omar. And we had a blast. There were so many cool cars. so many, There's like the cool factor at that museum is just crazy good. Um, so, yeah, we had a chance to hang out, kick it. And then, of course, I'm sharing with you guys some content there. Uh, I even have a few candid pictures of him while he was shooting content on his uh, Xiaomi 12S, uh, 12S Ultra, which, oh, my God, I wanted to take it from him, but I didn't because I, you know, I value our friendship. And <laughs> plus, I feel like he can catch me and take care of, you know, he basically kick my butt. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, that was a great day. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then the other thing I want to talk about is what's coming up. I'm kind of in that between thing. Uh, Well, basically next week, OnePlus will be launching the officially launching the OnePlus 10 T, the T series of the OnePlus 10. That's the series that we didn't have last year. Last year, we had a 9 and a 9 Pro, which was released earlier in the beginning of the year. And then later in the year, OnePlus opted not to release a T series in the U.S. Now, we saw other variants internationally, but I'm referring to basically as far as the U.S. and international market, we did not have a T. This This year, we had a OnePlus 10 Pro But we also didn't get a OnePlus 10. So the story is changing a little bit. And I want to talk a little bit of what to expect and what we've seen so far from OnePlus on uh, the launch event that's coming up next week. And some of the controversy going around as some of the things they shared with the market as far as the pre, you know, teasers and so on are causing some questions and for some people to be upset about it. I don't know if we need to be upset about something like that, but I think we need to discuss. And I think today would be a good day to do so since, you know, it'll be a nice, fun thing for us to do um let me just double check i want to say first and foremost welcome everybody thank you very much for kicking it with us i see jimmy fire dragon hey maryland's in the chat good morning uh i see finn jacob who was you know one of the first to kick with us at the beginning ash is in there barry johnson good morning sir i hope you're having a great weekend i hope the temperatures are actually a little bit better as well um barry just kicking it with us saying i'll be i'll be listening uh we are visiting my parents today uh and uh oh and i may not be able to be very active in the chat no not a problem sir again thank you very much and it has been a pleasure hanging out and kicking it with you last week with the chat with Juan, and hopefully we'll be able to do it again for sure. Um, I see uh, Ron Guido's in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Vince, hey, good morning. Sabajo. hope you're doing well, man. And then, of course, uh, we have, uh, oh, uh, the Reaper Black, welcome back. And of course, everybody else kicking it with us on this beautiful Saturday. Um, and of course, uh, Davin Davis, hey, man, <laughs> the chat is live. Sabaho, everybody. Yes, made it on time. I had to push it about 10 minutes. Uh, Oh, Ibrahim. Good morning, man. Uh, Happy New Year, Ibrahim. Hope you're doing well. Uh, And of course, just trying to get get everything set up. I had a little bit of a hiccup in the video as I was uploading it to YouTube and I had to push the start about 10 minutes because I was trying to start at 930. So, yeah, uh, this week has been a very interesting week for me. Um, I'll be I'll be honest with you guys and be a little bit of a behind the scenes kind of thing going on. So the reason why I only pushed out one video earlier this week and another one this morning been there's been a lot of things going on uh, family wise, things around the home that I need to be working with and have actually been inundated with contractors, which is the weirdest thing to kind of bring up as far as why not doing things. But when you're trying to do some kind of improvement around the home or fixing things around the home and you want to make sure that you're getting the best deal, you have to talk to a whole bunch of people. And uh, depending on the market or the the industry that you're in, it could get very, uh, you know, very weird and takes a long time. So there's a long story short. Don't want to bore you guys. It took a lot of my time and of course day job was busy and of course a whole bunch of different things so the okai video the scooter that i uh, that i was able to <laughs> get my hands on from Juan, uh was basically my only video that i dropped this week which was actually a pretty decent video i loved it it was fun um not getting a lot of love but you know it's youtube i'll just say that i'm gonna leave it the way it is because there's not much i can do uh, and hopefully it'll, it'll find a new uh new wave or some some search maybe as school starts with scooters and so on but either way that was the video I dropped earlier this week and somewhat in the middle of the week. But the video that I just dropped early this morning is or like 10 minutes ago is my experience with the Pixel 6a after one week. And this is also just for reference. This is not only just my experience but also commenting on some of the experiences other people have been having. There's been a lot of chatter talking about the 6a as a device for 450 bucks. It It comes with its own expectations. We had a somewhat of an interesting approach to the, the the group that was able to review these devices prior to us, the Team Pixel side, uh, that we needed to kind of bring in our own commentary in there to kind of leverage, I would say, basically level the playing field. That's the best way to say it. Um, I see, hey, Dan, hope you're doing well. Grounded Tech is with us here in the morning. Ash again, Reaper. Uh, don't think you, uh, you uh, sorry, don't you think the IQ has, a cle- has clearly replaced OnePlus in terms of flagship killer? So, I'm with you on the IQ. IQ has been basically kicking it out of the park. Obviously, there's um, a lot of... I mean, we have to keep... We have to address the fact that this is BBK, right? All of these are basically arms of BBK. Now, I'm with you on the IQ, but I would almost maybe basically come back and say, I think Realme has been doing it as well. I think Realme has basically taken over the flagship killer. OnePlus, and just to be clear, has left the flagship killer conversation years ago. No longer... I mean... If you see anybody calling a OnePlus a flagship killer now, it's purely to grasp at straws, at the nostalgia. It is not. OnePlus has matured, has grown. We've gone from the baby stage to the uh, to basically the uh, kindergarten, to the uh, toddler stage, to the teenage stage, and now we are fully grown as a brand because OnePlus is a brand now. It's no longer what we first fell in love with, and that's expected because at the end of the day, when you think about it, Every company strives to succeed and to become a major brand in the international market. And OnePlus has made that. And specifically in the U.S. market, what I love about that is the fact that they have a big presence in our market because we don't really have a lot of competition. And I'm going to be very honest. Google is a very good manufacturer. Um, I mean, Motorola is also very good. Samsung has been, in my opinion, a little bit complacent where they are. And we're starting to see that in the way they're offering us their products. their upgrades, their their features, and so on. Things are starting to become missing. Um, We have a a launch event in a week and a half ago, a week and a half or so, uh, not next week, but the week after, in New York from Samsung for their brand new foldables, the Z Fold 4, the Z Flip 4. I'm not looking at these things to basically say that they're going to be blowing us out of the water, but I also don't think those are the things that are going to be selling them. And the average user does not want to go with an experiment. And the foldable market is still, to a certain point, an experiment. It's a lot better than three years ago when we first started with the first fold. But we are still trying to figure out what's the right medium. And we've seen many sizes and so on. So what I'm trying to kind of culminate is not a lot of competition in our market right now, in the sense, in the U.S. market. OnePlus, in my opinion, still brings that pure experience that close to what Google offers, but is a little bit more, not say hacker friendly, but like basically modifying friendly. You're still able to do things to it. It's easier to get in and work with. Uh, and I hope that this continues as we see more and more merger or more and more incorporation of, you know, OPPO with uh, OnePlus, especially since we've seen ColorOS showcasing a lot of these uh, features in there. Um, let me just double check and make sure I'm not miskipping too much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, um, uh, the Repo Black, I, like I said, I think IQ has been hitting it out of the park. I've been very impressed. I've had an opportunity to play with one of uh, one of Kwan's uh, IQ because he gets the chance to play with those. And I really like what they've offered, the the, uh, the fingerprint sensor that they have, the functionalities. It is literally, I mean, for the most part, I feel like I'm in a comfortable environment because it has a lot of heritage in that BBK arm, uh, arm or umbrella. So what we have right now is Oppo, Vivo and OnePlus and Realme. And But if you really kind of think about them in that sense, and of course, Nord, if you think about the OnePlus and the sub brand, but at the end of the day, at some point or another, we're going to start seeing some kind of blurred lines a little bit between the two. I see it a little bit more between Realme and Oppo because I've seen what they brought in specifically with the GT2 Pro earlier this year. They took the Periscope camera from the FX3 Pro from last year, and then that's now in there. So you could see the parts spinning kind of going in there. The OnePlus 10 Pro uh, we've had for some months, the OnePlus 10T is continuing that experience with some subtle modifications that some people are very concerned about. And, you know, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that for sure. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I mean, Ash is in the UK and it's very humid here. Dude, we're, uh, humidity is kicking up with us and uh, we're going to start feeling it. But I'm, I'm sure you guys are way more, obviously, uh, hum- humid environment than we are. I felt it would be a good thing for me today to bring in my OnePlus Never Settle bottle, my OG bottle that I've had for some time. Surprisingly, I use this every day, and I still like it. It's very nice uh, thermal bottle there. Can you actually believe that, despite how many? Let's double check here. Can you actually believe that, despite how many powerful and uh, and how large the sensor on the 12s Ultra is, still behind the X80 Pro? I think it's going to come down to a couple of things. One of the things I did see a couple of I think is it yesterday or the day before. Xiaomi still has the ISP. Their custom ISP hasn't been actually fully activated in there. They're still working out some firmware. So there is actually still the conversation still needs a little bit more time to be kind of made. I will also say, though, that based on the fact that (laughs) the X70 Pro is in the house and it's basically becoming one of my go to B roll second camera on the go kind of uh, technology that I pull from to be able to get my daily activities done. I understand why the X80 Pro hits where it hits and what it does. Vivo has, is not taking its down. They've been doing this for a while. Vivo has been innovating in the camera department for BBK brands for some time. It's not that uh um, you know obviously Xiaomi doesn't it doesn't have it yet. I think the conversation is just not complete yet. Also, this is the first collaboration Leica and Xiaomi coming in together, but we also have a very different approach than what we had last year with the uh me uh, sorry the yeah the Mi 11 Ultra. The 12L Ultra is trying to bring us a very different experience. And boy, does that sensor look amazing in the middle, the, the ultra wide sensor that we have in there. This is just it's something. But I think the conversation is still not 100 percent done for us to kind of make it there. Um. OK, so here the Reaper Black coming back saying is I think Opal uh, OnePlus is swallowed by Opal to a certain point. We are seeing because we're in. We, so here's the thing. Because we only look at, in uh, at least in our market, because we only get to see the OnePlus conversation or one side side of things, meaning every time we see something found OnePlus and we see that it's new and something like that, we can, rev- we can leverage the fact that Oppo is broadening in there. We know that at the, at its core, the OnePlus Oxygen OS is based on Color OS, which is also based on Android 12. So that's how we currently have it. And then we can expect that as time goes on, the unification of the two code will come even more. But we are still promised, this is from both companies, saying that they're going to keep them independent, basically different trees. So basically, they may be based on the same source, but they're going to branch off into their own tree, basically having their own unique characteristics that you'll find on a OnePlus that you wouldn't necessarily find on an Oppo device. Now, yes, some of that stuff is kind of going both ways, right? We see some of those new features coming into uh, Oppo, uh, sorry, to OnePlus when we start seeing the code being used. But we also see that Hasselblad kind of shifts over to Oppo. So Oppo's benefiting from this. And I think at the end of the day, as a consumer, Not to say that I'm not advocating for um, competition and so on. But at the end of the day, we always had that conversation back in the early, early days of OnePlus, where their inception, where they came from. We knew there is a relationship between them and Oppo. We knew there was so much similarities between the hardware because we get a chance to play with both. What I'm trying to kind of bring you kind of circle back now. It's no longer kind of guesstimating and so on. We are actually, as a consumer, starting to benefit from that relationship. So, yes, to a certain point, we may have maybe not as much of a clear line between the two. But I appreciate the fact that not only is it a one-way relationship, it's a co-working relationship. means we get things from uh, from Oppo, and Oppo utilizes some of the things we've been enjoying for some time. So it's a win-win. So I'm looking at it in the sense of... How does this impact my daily usage? Is it gonna make me just stop? Is it ruining my no? It's adding more to it. And I think that's one thing that we need to focus on. I appreciate the fact that initially there was that shock. You, you, you have that that we have that basically personal connection with OnePlus a lot more than Oppo in the US market, or at least in some of the markets internationally. And at the end of the day, you don't want to see that disappear. And I think at this point, there's still holding on to that. What we've seen with the OnePlus 10T is they're continuing the 10 Pros uh, uh, design. Obviously, it's going to be running OxygenOS. I don't think they're going to be releasing it with uh, anything else. In the Chinese market, though, obviously, it will be released. Uh, if it is available there, it'll be released with OxygenOS. Sorry, with Color OS, not Oxygen OS. But that's different. Sorry, didn't mean to, to linger on that question there. Sorry. Farhan, hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're doing great. Ibrahim um, is saying, um, when the Pixel Six came out uh, came out last year, I said it uh, it was a flagship killer for the price point. Can the same uh, now technically be said about the Pixel Six A with that Tensor SOC for only three hundred ninety nine um, you know, pounds or uh, sorry three three ninety nine pounds or four fifty US? Honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll be very frank. The experience on the Six Pro is predicated on a specific se- a specific set of upgrades over the Six, and we knew that last year and the 6A is doing the exact same thing. Now, if if the price is a lot closer between the 6A and the 6, I would probably recommend going to a 6, meaning if there if you find a 6 on sale for 100 bucks off for 499 or, you know, something to that effect, I would recommend you going for the 6. Nothing personal, I like the 6A and I think it does great. I think the 6A and I do agree with Juan on the fact that it is a flagship killer because this is truly meeting that experience uh, that, that the the um I want to say the the spirit of what we saw last time when we used the flagship killer term the correct way. And that was when we got a OnePlus device that was selling a brand new SoC from Qualcomm for $300 or $350, depending on the configuration you were getting. That to me was was a flagship experience. Now, it wasn't as well-rounded as a flagship. It wasn't giving us all of the bells and whistles of a flagship, but it gave us the speed and performance of that. The Tensor does that here for us. On Android, in general, right now, in the current state of market, being that the 6a isn't officially available, we don't have a mid-range device that sells for a mid-range price point that features an SoC from a flagship. We don't. We have mid-range processors. For people that are basically harping on the 60 frames per second, you know what? My first and only answer would be to you is show me the same performance on that phone that you're talking should have 120 hertz refresh rate at this price point. And we'll start talking apples to apples because it's not a comparison. Most devices are able to leverage the fact that you are, you are getting a higher refresh rate display. You're getting benefits on the display side that they are able to control. But on the SoC, they typically, you know, that is usually a much more controlled and a lower level uh, tier pro- performance. Here we're talking about, and if you guys a chance to watch the video, you'll see I did a demo there showcasing why Tensor makes sense and why this is really the premium budget phone that I, you know, that premium mid-range that I'd like to call it or a flagship killer. So there's a lot of things in there. I'm not just sitting there talking. I'd like to show my work and I don't want to basically you know, cat, you know state make statements on without trying it out. So the long story is, I agree with you. I think it is a flagship killer. I think a lot of people should be paying attention to the Pixel 6a and not basically making it feel like, oh, it's a cheaper Pixel. It's not. I mean, yes, it is, but no, it's not. you right. Price point, it is cheaper, but it's not really giving you that cheaper experience. You're really feeling that you're in the 6A. Like when I switch from the 6 Pro to the 6A, there are certain things I can point to directly that I can put my finger on and say, okay, yeah, there's a difference there. When I'm in the camera experience, there's a big difference. Obviously, we're talking about very different camera stack in the back. Triple camera to a dual camera, 12 megapixels, 50 megapixels. There's a whole bunch of things going on. But general usability, launching applications, going on social media, doing different things on the average, you're not going to see the difference. If you create content off of your phone, meaning you record content at 4K, you want to be able to share that on social media, you are also going to see the benefit of the Tensor processor there. See, this is the biggest thing. Mid-range processors, 6 Series, 7 Series are great, but they can't punch at the same level as an 8 Series. We know that. And Tensor was supposed to basically bridge that. It goes above the mid-range. It doesn't hit as hot as obviously the eight, uh, the eight Gen 1 or maybe the 888, but it still gives us that experience that we want out of a flagship. So, yeah, sorry. And I know I'm, I'm kind of going in, in big things, and I don't want to give too much spoilers from the video, but the video is out. It's a little bit of a 17-minute video. It's a little bit. It's a 17-minute video, but I give I you guys chapters so you guys can jump through over all of that, but it also has a lot of good information. So for that i definitely appreciate that And i just realized i jumped like six thousand comments i do apologize that i'm going to try to come back into some of those one plus <laughs> yeah uh it, it is very crazy uh da, da, da. oh uh did you see the bmw design on the iq 10 pros yeah so that was the one um that was the one i got a chance to uh check out from juan he sent it over to me um, and i got a chance to hang out with i spent some time with i think it was no I think it was right after Barry got a chance to spend some time with it. I got a chance to spend some time with it. So, yes, definitely. Absolutely. I love that the uh, themes, car themes on devices have been... I mean, literally, I said to Juan yesterday, like twice, I really miss the McLaren Edition OnePlus devices. And, uh, you know, it, it's not about the fact that, I mean, they didn't add function. It, well, the exception. The concept one did, but that never made it to market. But with the exception of that, the device looks super sexy. I love phones, and I, and, I, and I get a chance to see and spend time with devices, um, and I get a chance to basically say that devices that are themed, that are going through a theme like this, like the Dragon Ball phone, like the Naruto phone, or even uh, like the McLaren phones, those really look nice. And I love the fact that they spend time into that and bring the essence of the car company into it. So I'm sure Dan can appreciate that as well. Um, I really, oh, so yeah, so here, Dan, speaking of which I forgot about that. So Dan is having some time as well with the pixel six a. So he just got his, I think a few days ago. Uh, and he basically saying, I really love the pick I really, I'm really loving the six a more than I thought I would. Again, see, this is a thing. When you start listening to other content creators and and commentary that is done, it's hard to make a judgment and, and yeah, it may set the bar, um, maybe a little bit lower, but the six a will definitely surprise. Uh, OnePlus charging uh, rocks, but I don't like them. uh, Don't like them taking the slider away. So that's okay. So this is a good way to jump into it. I'll take a drink because I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a small tale. So yes, the OnePlus 10T will not have a a slider. There is no variant of the 10T, at least from what we've seen from OnePlus at this point that has it. Uh, They've teased both colors. There's going to be a green one and a black one. And it seems like there's some kind of a material maybe changed, but the long story is the 10 Pro had a slider. The 9 Pro had a slider, the 9, the 8, the 8 Pro, the 7, the 7 Pro, the 7T, all OnePlus devices, with the exception of the Nord line. And and even with the Nord, they only had the slider on one version have had a slider. This is literally there. If you have to kind of think of the, you know, that Nike swoosh kind of thing, that was OnePlus's or that is OnePlus's marker. Because when you hold a phone that is an Android device, you know that that's the only one that had it. Now, we may, we've seen other companies try, but the slider itself has been iconic. The removal of it is something that we, I, I don't understand why. I'll say this. It's in OnePlus. It's not a Nord. Is it a, uh, I think, is it a deal breaker? I think to us, the enthusiast, it's absolutely going to be a big thing because we love, and this actually is a part of what the, what we feel like OnePlus is, right? We look at it and we're like, look, this is part of the iconic look. You look at the phone and you're looking at the slider and then that's pretty much what you're seeing. You know, that all cases for OnePlus have that. I don't know why. I don't understand exactly yet. I'm sure they're going to talk about it. This is this is a very important thing and I know OnePlus will cover it. There's no question they're going to basically skip that over. It'll be literally one of the first things they probably talk about. Does it change the fact that the phone is obviously starting to boost in some really good features? Obviously, they, they already announced that's going to be running the eight gen 8 uh, plus gen 1. So this is literally the first 8 plus gen 1 US device released on the market. So this is going to be a big thing for us, especially here in the US, because I've had a chance to play with the, the Realme uh, the Realme GT2 Master uh, Explorer Master Edition. Now, this is a very limited device in the Chinese market. Juan had a chance, has the opportunity to play with the 12S Ultra again, a Chinese device. And this is how typically we have it now. And for the U.S. market, ahead of Samsung, ahead of uh, you know anybody else, we get this device. And hopefully, we'll be able to see um, what the benefits are there there as far as performance with OnePlus tuning. I'm not denying the fact that the 12th uh, that the, the um, Plus Gen One will have better will have better performance, but also less power draw, which is the benefit of what we wanted over the 888 or the 8 Gen One that we saw earlier this year. Switching from Samsung to TSMC, there's obviously a big benefit for the user, and I feel like we're going to all benefit from it. Now, is it enough to bring down what we what we've had to deal with with the 888 and the 8 Gen One? I don't know yet. We have to wait and see how that how that kind of comes about. I'll say this: that OnePlus on the OnePlus 10T. Not the T, on the Pro, um, they're giving us really a very tailored experience. We notice there's a certain limit for frame rates. We notice that there is a performance mode in the battery settings, similar to Oppo devices. So those are things that you kind of benefit from looking at and using. And we realize that, yeah, the 888 and the 8 Gen one can run perfectly fine throttled. Samsung's been doing it to us for years, running SoCs at throttled experiences, but never mentioning it because, you know, that's how it is. But, you know, this is literally something that we have to kind of look into and keep in mind. <coughs> sorry about that uh if you saying um we should negotiate something to try keeping the 6a uh, at the tech yes i think uh, dan if you're able to i'll be for sure I, i'm not sure if this is a a, a temporary thing if you're borrowing or le- uh, loaning it um I, I will say this i am totally jealous on the fact that you guys are playing with uh you know the nothing phone one there i haven't been able to work my my way into getting my hands on one i will probably at some point but we'll see but at the end of the day, it, that phone definitely looks sexy. I just want to see how does it perform on the daily active? You know, what I mean, like I want to get that lived in experience and sh- see how that is. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how things go, uh, hopefully in the near future um, here. Farhan is jumping in with I wonder if one plus never la- uh, if one plus never launches the normal ten because of supply chain issues. I'm not sure if, so there is a big part of that. That was their biggest concerns last year. They felt like sales weren't going that well. There was obviously still the pandemic kind of going on and they canceled the 10T in the U.S., which typically is what we see, not the 10T, I keep saying the 10T, the 9T last year. Well, there is a possibility that there there is a possibility that that is what's going on, but you also kind of see how they released the 9, uh, the 10 Pro. The 10 Pro was, was released with a price point in mind. They released it at $8.99. That's how the headlines say. Brand new OnePlus device launches at $8.99. They don't specify the fact that this isn't, uh, you know, basically a lower tier, not a lower tier, but a lower RAM and lower storage capacity, which I feel like a lot of people waited for. And they did release it later, basically the 1256. So you had an 8128 and 1256. So you could see that OnePlus is trying to figure out that market. The seven series never really sold as much as the eight, the uh, seven Pro, or the other ones, mostly because OnePlus has always had that delineation where the devices are were not very similar. Like you didn't get the same camera stack. The 9 and the 9 Pro did have a similar camera stack, which is a different thing as well. So they felt like probably that the 7T, uh, sorry, the, the 9T may not have done as much of an impact. There could have been a big, other things going on as well, maybe sales numbers, the pandemic, a whole bunch of different things. So if we bring that over to what we have this year earlier, I really feel like the 10T that we're getting now is encompassing what we would have seen in the 10 released much later, but you also kind of see that they're trying to shoot for a much different experience. It's actually running a new SOC where we typically don't see the new SOC. OnePlus typically sticks to the SOC they use with the first generation, meaning we should have received an eight, an eight gen one, not an eight plus gen one. So they are trying to push through and they're trying to give us more. Now they are tailoring this, they're changing this, but I don't know exactly how it's going to end up being as far as in the hand. Like the fact of the matter is removing the slider on a OnePlus does it really change that much of an experience on the daily? I mean, for a person that goes into a store that has never used the OnePlus, it's a, not an issue at all. This is purely for people that have been fans of the uh, uh, of the brand and have been using OnePlus for a long time. And if they actually truly even use the slider, I like the slider because I get a chance to put my phone on silent in like 0.5 seconds without having to even turn on the phone. Where everything else I have, I have to either use a shortcut, open it up, do something. It's not an easy of a process. Or if you have the ability of setting up a custom key, let's say on devices like back in the day when we had like LG devices and so on. So those are things I always have to kind of bring up. So to answer your question, it is a possibility of a supply chain issue. I feel like at the end of the day, they're really trying to more go into the dual device market. This is the second year where we've had two phones. Now, obviously, the 10T is... Sorry, the 10T is not out yet, but it, that's literally their second phone released. They have two variants of the 10 Pro. And of course, the 10T is coming out in there. And we'll see. We'll see. Are they, they going to do the same thing where they have different configurations and they release one first and then the second one? We'll have to see how that kind of goes. And I think that's going to be something we have to keep an eye, keep an eye on. Uh, but I, I appreciate the question, Farhan. I, I really like it. And I'm, I'm a little bit cautious. And I'm wondering if this is a permanent decision? Is this a temporary decision? Are we basically now where all OnePlus devices don't have the, the slider? Uh, and it, this is going to be part of the aesthetic look that basically OnePlus and Opal devices just look the exact same now. Not same, but you know what I mean? Like similar um sarvan hey man hope you're doing hi everyone been a long time looks like snapdragon agent a plus gen one is much better chip than a uh, good time at tsmc absolutely but absolutely now i always always with that as well uh russ good morning sabaho hope you're doing well thank you for joining us here it's a beautiful saturday um yeah no it's uh i'll say it's a beautiful saturday i'm inside but you know how it is all right it, it's going to be hot it's going to be muggy and we're going to have a lot of fun because we're trying to do that um, so Sarvans saying here, um, I'm really excited for the OnePlus 10T, but crazy sensor. Uh, so but the crappy sensors like an eight megapixel and a two megapixel and removing the alert slider is a blunder now uh, and uh, and I will not buy it. So we want to keep in mind is this is the biggest thing that we've seen this. This again, I, I'm not trying to make it up, but this is purely based on data that's been around. The 10, the T series has never been a device that outdid the pro series. If you have a pro. This is not the phone for you. This is purely targeting device owners, let's say the 7T, the 8 I um, I don't know if there was a 6T. I want to say there was a 6, maybe a 6T. Long story short, it's intended to basically uh, fulfill the, that expectation. It's where a device will basically hit a little bit under what the Pro series is, but a little bit over what the standard series does. Since we didn't have a standard series this year, this is literally the under to the pro. So the pro is still going to be your best your best bet. The pro is not that much uh, uh, basically ex- as expensive as we've seen. Again, they started at 899. We've seen sales going on even on the higher end model to bring it down. I think on the website a couple of days ago they were like 969 for the higher end, the uh, the 12 to gig storage one. So even at their higher end, they're still giving you that experience. So. What I would say is this, this is by no means trying to compete with the 10 Pro. It's trying to give people a separate option. And also, here's the biggest thing that the T-Series does for us every year, a hint into what the next series of devices, let's say the 11 Pro, will be offering us early next year. Regardless of the SoC, obviously that's the Qualcomm, you know, depending where, you you know, manufacturers we were talking about. It is going to be a hint. Some of the technology, like when we first saw the uh, 65 watt charging, we saw it on the eight, I think on the 70 or the 80. And then when we started to see, uh, you know, basically the different configurations in the camera, we saw that earlier. Now, again, It's not trying to be better. So if we look at it with that, with that approach, this is the OnePlus device launching to be um, basically a little bit better in certain aspects than what we've seen before, but still not outdoing the pro. The pro is still going to be king for the rest of the year till we start looking at the 11 pro. So if you look at it that way, I don't think the expectation should be that that drastically different, but what you do end up having the obviously, you know, look into and talk about is yeah when they make design changes that will impact this. Now, is it mean that the slider is gone? It means the 11 Pro will not have a slider. That's a different story, but I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean there for sure. Uh, Sebastian Lopes, Good morning. Hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing really good. Thank you for joining us. And of course, Chemi Torres. Estás? I hope you're doing well. Uh, it's been a while, man. It's been a really long time. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's it's been a very interesting conversation. Oh, here's a good question. So I'll put this up real quick. So, um, so Russ is jumping in with a good question. And there's a question here. Obviously, it says the Pixel 6a or the uh, or the A52s. So it, it's really kind of come down to ecosystem and comfort. The reason I like and I really appreciate closer to stock, less less software, less software hindered experience in the video, if you get a chance to to check it out, I did a comparison between the 6A and the S22 Ultra um, in a couple of manners, but one was specifically to the text to speech. I don't know how, I I mean, and I'll speak specifically from my personal experience. I like, I use speech to text quite a bit. It helps me multitask. It helps me do work on a much more efficient manner. When I used speech to text on a non pixel and I don't have a really good internet, like specifically on my last vacation, when I went with the family, I had internet, but I had the crappiest internet connection possible. I was happy that I had it. I'm just not happy with the internet speed, but there was not much we could do about that. I mean, again, we were on a boat, it was in the middle of the ocean. I'm just happy that I had internet that I'm able to not pay like thousands of dollars for it. Well, every time I tried to use speech to text, oh my God, the delay was how high, why? Our speech-to-text technology on, on non-Pixel, when they don't do on-device processing, is that, that it requires an internet connection, which means it has to ping the server, make sure that it's running, then you then it says speak now. And when you speak, there's that quick back-and-forth information, send and upload and download. And the way you can catch that is by turning off the internet mid-speech. So start talking onto your keyboard, start, you know, open up your phone, go into a text message. You'll see it in the video. In an on a, on a non-pixel device, if you change the internet connection, you turn off Wi-Fi and you want it to switch over to data. Guess what? That stutters it. Oh, that messes up the whole thing. Slows it down. And then you, it, it hits. It sits in a, in a mode where it's like thinking, thinking, thinking. And then it just stops. The Pixel. I was on Wi-Fi and data. And then I turned it in airplane mode. I shut off the whole internet. I didn't give it a chance to switch around. I just shut it off. It was running like a champ. It's trans, uh, transcribing on the device accurately, beautifully. So, yeah. There are big things that we can keep in mind there. Uh, so this is really why I feel like the six A, it you know we gotta think of it. It it's not really, it it's a Pixel Six dressed as a as a mid ranger with a little bit of you know change in design. Let's just say that. So yeah, very very nice. I, I appreciate the question there, and I think I, I'm with you on that. It's a good comparison, but I feel like the six A would still perform better especially when we come back down to Sarvan's question here. Android 13, in my experience, is actually uh, too good and feels refined and polished, uh, much better polished version than the 12L. Absolutely. I feel like um, where 12 was was that big shock to the system, meaning we changed the experience, we now have Material U, there's a lot of things going on. We knew that it wasn't as evolved and it, what it needed to get. And 12L was supposed to bring that for us. But as you, as you kind of say, this, Arvon, and I agree with you there, I feel like 13 is going to be the one that we, this is basically what we should have had back last year. It's already running very stable, even its early development stages. Um, and of course, still now we have the final beta out, which means we're getting very close to the final release of Android 13. Um, we know it's going to be coming out very soon and there is a good chance Google may release 13 before Pixel 7 and 7 Pro. That means we see it on other devices prior to the 7 and 7 Pro. And the 7 and 7 Pro focus primarily on the new experience, Uh, probably a new SoC from them and different things to that effect. But yeah, I'm with you. Uh, The Reaper Black... One second. Uh, we definitely need to see the X eighty Pro Plus. Um, I can't wait to crazy technology to bring it to the table on that one. So uh, the question would be: Is uh, the X eighty Pro is running the eight Gen one? And typically, what we saw last year at the end of the year, the X eighty Pro Plus, or the seventy Pro Plus ran the eight plus Gen one. Sorry, the eight eighty. Uh, huh. You know what I mean? The the end of the year of the 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 better version of the SOC. Um, I would be honestly. If the 8, Pro, if, if the 80 Pro performs the way it is right now, the 8, uh, the X80 Pro Plus, uh, I'm really looking into maybe, possibly going into maybe bigger sensors, full inch sensors, or something to that effect, because it's really that good. I mean, it's that good. The guy, I mean, I've never seen Juan be that confident in a piece of tech as when it comes down to devices like a smartphone. The way he's been talking about the X80 Pro Plus, uh, X80 Pro. Um, 12S ultra is definitely something that he's still getting used to, getting used to uh, knowing the camera and working with it. This is the big thing when you get into higher, uh, flagship ultra type of devices, uh, they become more specific and there is a curve. There is a learning curve that we need to kind of go through, um, to get that experience right. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm with you. It's definitely very, very good. And it would be crazy. Um, let me see here. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, see, so look at that, That Dan, Dan, right there. Russ six a for the win. hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, for the price point when, where you are, you can't go wrong again. This is the first time a, an Android manufacturer provides us a flagship smartphones, uh, processor on a mid range experience and, Keep in mind, they have perfected that market, the mid range experience from the 3A to the 4A to the 5A. They know what to do with the 12 megapixel sensor. I realize people are going to harp on like it's the same. Stop. Look at the pictures in that video and tell me that you you can tell that this is a $450 phone or you could tell that this is a $1,000 phone. We have to really start step up our, our, our commentary game and stop going for the lowest common denominator or trying to just say, we'll just buy an Apple or just buy an iPhone. It doesn't work that way. You really need to factor in the cost, the performance and what you're getting. I think it's still even a better buy than the uh, the iPhone SE 2020, uh, the latest edition that we have. The reality of the matter is the iPhone SE has been um, an interesting approach from Apple. And what they're offering us in this is a lower priced a touch ID lower price device that is a smaller in form factor, but at the end of the day, would I say that this is a better? Do- no, it starts out with 64 gigabytes of, uh, of storage on a phone that can do 4K. Like why? I was doing some testing with my phone, and again, you'll see it in the video. Um, I've I shot like four or five gigs worth of uh, worth of uh, worth of content, and literally having the uh, the phone. Oh, sorry, I take that back. <laughs> I said four or five. Sorry, forty to fifty gigs worth of content on the 6A since I've had it last week, and I've only had the phone for a week. Now, yes, I'm testing it, but I'm just explaining is that you are you're going to need more than 64 gigs. There's just no way. So anyways, long story short. In the in, in the Android market, the 6A holds a very specific uh, place. This is when people start talking about basically you know, comparing it to other mid-rangers, it really should it really steps above. Like from a performance standpoint, it is above. Yes, you may get a bigger sensor on another one. There may be a few tricks here. I mean, the seven IMX766 has been coming down to more mid-rangers on Android. And that's maybe starting to talk a little bit more on that. But again, leverage the processing. Who does still imagery processing better? It's a top one. Google is up there. It's been there for a while. So let me jump in real quick. Life of tech. Hey, Roger, Roger, Bot's kicking it with us. Roger himself. Actually, Roger Bot is on the other side. I think if I'm not mistaken, he's also going to be having a live stream uh, this morning, uh, more gaming oriented. And of course, Minecraft and so on. I'll be on there in a little bit after we're done. Good morning. Hope you're doing well, Roger. I hope um, you are cool. See? (laughs) You are a cool guy, but I'm hoping you are cooler. I don't know how to do this. It's not working. Dad jokes not happening. TK, can you mute the camera shutter sound on uh, on a phone imported from China? I was told it's not possible. Uh, That's an interesting question. Insert (laughs) master edition. Real me the real me smartphone. I want to say yes, I could be wrong. So here a picture i'm oh, sorry so here you guys can hear it it does make the sound so let's go into the settings and we'll go settings here there is a specific setting right there so you see it right there shutter sound we'll do that and we'll go back here oops sorry didn't mean to bump you guys so the answer is yes uh, at least in my uh very limited, super premium um, Explorer Master Edition running in the A plus Gen 1 from Realme. Um, I will say thank you very much to Realme for hooking it up. Obviously, I really like it. Uh, It's very nice, a very good device. So yes, uh, Reaper Black, I think most most of them do. I I don't, I'll take that back. Based on one, I'm assuming yes. Uh, Most of my devices, unfortunately, with the exception of Um, actually, but no, with the exception of the the master Explorer edition, I haven't really had that many Chinese edition versions. Most of the time, if I'm importing a device, it's usually coming in from the UK. So I typically go UK because I feel like if it's UK, then it's international global ROM and so on. This one didn't come with a global ROM. This one, I had to load, obviously, uh, Google play services to it because the Chinese edition, most phones don't typically come with, uh, you know, GMS on them. So, yeah. Uh, oh, here. So jumping in with uh, Ibrahim, uh, sorry, says, unfortunately, this may not happen um, as I can't see Google Play, Google Pay, Qualcomm royalties for using the, uh, uh, that particular tech. Oh, sorry. So I think Russ had a good question in here. Uh, OK, see here. So I probably will. Uh, sorry. Uh, so hopefully the next pixel will have a 3D Qualcomm uh 3D Qualcomm uh, fingerprint sensor. Well, oh, okay. I see what you mean. Okay. So yeah, you're right. You're right. So in 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 uh, Ibrahim's in answer, I, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those that's going to be a, it's a tougher decision. Separating from Qualcomm on the SoC kind of makes it as a much bigger deal than to say, oh yeah, I'm going to leverage all of this, but please give me the, the sensor. Uh, you know what I mean? So I feel like I think Google will probably do a lot better. The fingerprint sensor on the 6A has had some conversations around it. And the biggest thing coming in there, not all units are impacted by this, but some units are allowing people to unlock their device with their left thumbprint if they haven't registered it and if they have registered only one, which is the opposite one, I'm assuming. So, you know, vice versa, um, I haven't been able to experience that on my device. I did register both of mine, but when I removed it, it didn't show. Juan has the exact same device. His, his device also doesn't do that. So it seems like it's limited to a certain point. And based on a conversation when, during Team Pixel's meetup, we had that one or during the week this week, Uh, It seems like there are going to be some updates and some more feature uh, bug fixes coming up in there to improve the algorithm on the fingerprint sensor. So there is going to be a better situation coming up. Keep in mind, all of the devices that are on the market right now, because I even checked this morning, are still running an April 5th security patch update. So there are a few months behind what we have currently on, even on the Pixel 6 Pro. So this is a big thing coming up that we'll definitely be benefiting from. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, it's it's not likely that we will be able to see a Qualcomm second generation fingerprint sensor, although they're doing much better. IQ loves using them and I want to I want to see it on more devices, the bigger sp- uh, fingerprint sensor, uh, you know, square on the device, as opposed to that little tiny area, um, because IQ does a really good job. And even I think Vivo does there, they allow you to do, um, what's it called create multiple shortcut launches from different parts of the fingerprint sensor, because you can unlock it from different parts. It allows you to run shortcuts from there. So definitely a very nice approach there for, for good, uh, the six, a for <laughs> I love this on the ground attack. And yeah, I've had the six a for a month and he's like, you know, half hashtag crying and laughing although all, all around, um, Okay, so here, the battery care um, on the Xperia 5 Mark III um, and the A12 on the uh, on the A12, on the Xperia, kind of has a bug. The normal, um, let me see here. Yeah, is it normal that the super slow, super slow to charge, uh, I, try, I try, the super slow I charge the phone uh, to use the percentage uh, limit, uh, even minutes past that it doesn't charge up. Okay, let me double check. Okay, the Xperia 5 Mark II, uh, Oh, on the A12 update on the Xperia. Um, so it depends on if you're using you, if you're using HS power control. Just keep in mind if you're playing games and using that, that is going to do that trickle charge. It, the HS power control doesn't entirely shut off the power to the battery and it just runs the phone, it trickle charges at a much lower rate. So keep that in mind and make sure that the app that you're using doesn't have HS power control turned on on it. So that would be the one option. The other option that they do have, as I think you're referring to, is the slow charging on the battery. And that takes effect into basically if you're charging it overnight. So that's, I think, engaged in the, uh, the time of day or the time that you're charging the device. And that usually will do a trickle charge. Because it's trying to reduce the speed and not have to basically burn out the battery. If you're not using it and it's going to sit on the charger, might as well take your time. I hope that that's what you're referring to, but let me know if you if it's something different uh, and we can talk a little bit more. Jason C is in there uh, is is OnePlus expected to release a foldable this year? So I love Jason's questions and I love the the uh, the the, the thought provoking questions that Jason uh, throws. Everything that we've heard so far is. There's a possibility. Is it real? Is it going to happen? I don't know. Is it going to be based on the find end? I really hope so. Because if that's the situation, that's going to be the better way to do it. Um, Don't get me wrong. I like foldables in many different shapes and sizes. I, I like what Huawei does. Not Huawei. Huawei does. Um, and I also like what, you know, obviously we've seen from Motorola, what we've seen from Oppo and what we've seen from Samsung and even actually surprisingly honors foldable is really good. I got a chance to play with it for a very short time, unfortunately, like literally about 30 minutes um, at MWC earlier this year. So this is something to keep in mind that the, the foldable game is not small. It's growing, if not basically multiplying as every year we have more and more contenders. But the question would be is one plus. OPPO will not release a Find N series in the US. They actually didn't even release the Find N series internationally. This is, again, a Chinese only device. Uh, I got a chance to ha- have my hands on it and I really like it. I, I, I went to CES with it and it was beautiful. Uh, luckily, I got the one that has the 512 gigs of storage. Really nice, uh, great content consumption, really good. And cameras were actually much better than I thought they were going to be. But the answer would be this. If we see something, it'll probably be something alongside what we saw here. From what I know to this day, I haven't heard of any official statements being made, but I can tell you that OnePlus's next endeavor should be in that market. Technology as much as, much as we love it. What we have seen right now is that they're venturing into the Nord series. We we see two Nords releasing typically and now we need to start seeing foldable. So I wouldn't be surprised. Is it going to be this year? I mean, July's over. We haven't had any single rumor talking about a foldable, uh, you know, from the launch event next week is it likely that they'll have oh by the way let me pull something extra out of my hat there's a quite a bit of conversation they may even tease us and that may be the the thing kind of like how google did that did for us with the 7 and 7 pro and the 6a and the tablet and the and the pixel watch It's good for a company to give us, you know, you know, coming soon to a theater near you, you know, the OnePlus foldable 5G, you know, insert SOC kind of thing. And I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I would love to be able to see something from OnePlus because once they do that, I'm hoping they also kind of to 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 that conversation, they start talking about desktop experiences. I want that. That's been my number one thing. I always flow that upwards to both OnePlus and to Oppo, to Realme. Anybody that I get a chance to talk to from a PR standpoint that I'm able to speak, you know, provide feedback, I always want to see desktop experiences expansion because Android desktop still has not evolved and I don't think Google is focusing on it. It exists, but it only exists on devices that are non-pixel and it doesn't exist in a really good shape. And again, uh, LG walked out of the, the market, so we don't have a way of seeing... You know a desktop experience that was closer to the stock because I think that's what LG was doing for their systems. So, hopefully, that answers your question, Jason. I, I'm sorry for the long um, version of the answer there. So, let me double check how far am I on the comments? Wow, okay, I am 20 minutes behind. I do apologize. Let's uh let's pick up some speed. So, uh, doing great, Jimmy. Okay, uh, Roger's doing good. Ta-ta-ta. Uh okay good we're having a lot of good conversations here. Sebastian Lopez is in there. Hey man, hope you're doing well. Uh, aside from the uh, from the removal of the alert slider, the OnePlus 10T seems to be a pretty decent phone. I actually think that is yes. I actually like I said when you when you judge a device when you judge a piece of tech based on what it's supposed to be, not what it could be. There's a big difference here, right? I'm not trying to compare a OnePlus 10T to a OnePlus 10 Pro. I can't do it yet, but I'm saying is I'm not trying to put that. I actually do know that the 10T in its class, it's intended to be a slightly under the 10 Pro, but above the 10. But we don't have a 10. So therefore it mark it takes the whole kitten caboodle when it comes down to that level. So yeah, when we're looking at it, it's there. This the alert slider, it's gonna come down to personal preference. And I think at some point or another, we adjust. I mean, we lost the headphone jack, we lost MST, we lost SD cards. There's a lot of things that we've been losing the last couple of years, very few new hardware features adding to the system. So I would appreciate if, you know, whatever OnePlus is doing with the 10T by removing the slider, it benefits us at the end as a user. So that's my goal, or at least my hope. So we'll see. Uh, here, the Reaper Black jumping back. Tiki, in your opinion, which phone takes better photos? The Vivo X80 Pro Plus or the Find X5 Pro or the S22 Ultra? Ooh. It depends on the scene. And it depends on what you're doing. I will say, I will say this. All of these devices will not disappoint. If you go into this experiment, or if you're going into this into the comparison or trying to make a decision between three based on which one is better. It's like talking about a Lamborghini and a Ferrari and a Maserati. They're crazy fast cars. You're not going to be, I mean, you're missing a few miles here and there on the top part of the gauge. But in reality, when you're driving them on a daily basis, they all drive the same roads. They all have to abide by the same laws. They all have to run the same things. So at the end of the day, it's not that hard. it's not an easy answer to give, but at the end of the day, you will not be disappointed going with any one of these devices. The Find X5 Pro and the S22 Ultra provide us a good experience. Again, they're available in specific markets at the same time. The X80 Pro is really not coming up to everybody in the world. So keep in mind, Vivo doesn't push out the X80 Pro to every market. So they don't really compete in many areas in the world, but you will not be disappointed. Anyone in the sh- uh, on the chat has the Note 20 Ultra? I noticed that uh, on my cousin's note. Uh, so Russ is having a thing. Uh, my wife has the Note 20 Ultra. The, the learning uh, is leaning is leaning towards the left side when the rear camera is facing the front. Uh, I have not seen that one, so I, I will have to double check on that one, Russ. Sorry. I don't. Th- I don't think the Mari Silicon does any difference in Oppo, but I've heard that the V1 Plus chip in Vivo is a higher de- uh, uh, a higher end device and does and better experience. So I'll say this. I haven't used the, uh, the, I, I really, I, I wanted to say that I, I, I spent time with the X80 pro I don't, but I can tell you from the find X5 pro for low light photography, low light, still an extended exposure photography. It is absolutely noticeable what the Findex find X3 pro can do and what the find X5 pro can. Now, is it specifically directly connected to the Mario Silicon X? There's a lot of things pointing into that situation because that's their, uh, I, you know, they're using their NPU to augment the ISP that we have within the Gen one. Right. So the the call to, to action is when companies create their own NPUs, it's their way of being able to control and contribute to the conversation. Is it better than the Find X3 Pro? Yes. Is it better than the X80 Pro? I can't say, but I can tell you that, again, you're talking about the upper echelon of devices. And at that level, devices don't typically disappoint in camera performance. It's where you start seeing the camera science that makes the difference. And the Find x 5 Pro also has the Hasselblad, uh, you know, filter options in there as well. So you have a little bit more play play in there. But I, I definitely understand and appreciate what Vivo brings to the conversation. Again, I fought hard and a long time trying to get this thing out of Juan's hands just to keep it into my repertoire. And I finally succeeded, but it took me months. I mean, we are at end of July. And last time I used this phone prior to this was in January when I was at CES, when it got Android 12. So yeah. Uh, let me see here, Finn Jacobs. Is, I'm just checking in uh, for a brief moment. Say pr- uh, properly hi to everybody. Good morning, man. I know it's a busy day, of course, as usual. Uh, Jimmy, once you're once you're done uh, here, uh, <laughs> go looking for me. Oh no, absolutely, yeah, no, for sure. TK, 15 minutes behind. I see. Uh, I see as usual. Um, you know me, man. I love answering questions. It's and I love the fact that we're all engaged and we're talking about it. That's the biggest thing about the the conversation that we have here. Um, So here I've imported a lot of phones from China. So Ash is jumping, but I've imported a lot of phones from China and I've never seen a shutter sound button, Um, I'm assuming. Yeah, I guess it depends on the market. It depends on the devices for me, again, uh, not as I'm as we've spoken since the question that came up first um the find n and the realme and those are based obviously all on color os so for the most part i feel like Oppo does cover that if you import it from there so oneplus devices will be in that same boat Uh, i'm assuming you're talking more maybe like xiaomi realme or some other manufacturers yeah there's a possibility that that's not an option and i don't like that you're right it it sucks because like i understand they're trying to give us the, the feel that this is a camera but you know even at the camera level you don't get that loud of a shutter, right? It's typically more like a kind of thing as opposed to the, you know, the so we'll have to see. This is also, by the way, my worst way ever of making shutter sounds. Um, Okay, let me double check here. We're great. Oh, Davin Davis is jumping in here, it says uh, TK, for all the praise Google is getting for the Pixel 6 series outside of the screen, there's less repair uh, uh, outside of the screen. They're less repairable now than earlier with pixels. As every company kind of moves on forward, uh, depending on the design and what they're trying to do, they're trying to put in more in a small space. So yeah, you're right, it's harder. Um, it's not as easy. It's basically a sandwich device. There's a lot of adhesive, removing things and trying to repair things. It's not as easy, but at the end of the day, what I looked at it as is the ability of basically allowing us to get some parts replaced through iFixit, getting the opportunity to be able to fix things and not just having the ability of basically saying, every time something breaks, I have to call Google. Um, It's hard. It's hard. I mean, and and I'll say that with a very few small number of people that like maybe probably you and I are comfortable opening up their phones and trying to fix them. I've I've fixed many devices when I've broken them or something to the effect as opposed to just retiring them. Um, But it's a small number of people that typically will go that far. I think this could help the fact that obviously repair centers, other non non first party repair centers help you be able to basically support your device. And that's going to be the, the concern there. So I'm hoping is that we don't typically see failures in those things and that the more uh, cosmetic one, I'll say my son dropped his pixel five. A was it a couple of days ago? We shattered the glass protector on it. I put in a new one. We're good. So I would also always recommend making sure you have uh, a decent uh, level of protection on your device. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Taylor Bell. Okay. Here's a uh, welcome to the channel. Welcome to the chat. First time senior. Welcome here. Um, the Chinese Android devices are very popular outside. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if it's a question or more of a statement. The Chinese Android devices are very popular outside of out of, uh, out of, outside of America. Um, there is a big presence outside of the U S when it comes down to mobile devices, specifically EU, middle East, everywhere else. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, we've named quite a few of them on the show earlier. Is just that in the U.S., because we are very limited in the in the in the variety of, of devices that we're able to use. Uh, sometimes importing them does come with its own challenges, so you always want to be careful when you're importing and see what are some of the other options available on the market. So yeah, um, so yeah, he jumps back with the I just bought a OnePlus 10 Pro yesterday. Very impressive, uh, and for sure. So uh, it's one of those things you always want to keep in mind. It it is what it is, but I also say that. Um, so the Chinese version of the OnePlus 10 pro in white with 12 to 56 looks stunning. No way to get it outside of China, but yeah, I mean, if you're really talking about importing devices, that would be one of the ones I would have loved to get just from there. Cause it's like a unicorn. You'll not, you won't see it anywhere else other in, in that market for sure. Um, Ash says, uh, TK just to be clear, I said, I I've never seen a shutter sound block, not button. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, lock. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's the other way around. Uh, It's more of the other side. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My mistake. Uh, Jumping. Hey, Aditya, man, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel. Welcome back, man. hope you're doing well. I don't think the sound um, is to emulate the feel of the camera, TK. I believe it's to prevent inappropriate uses of the phone phone camera in public spaces. That would be the opposite, uh, obviously, is to make sure, uh, of course, this is why sometimes we also see uh, red lights next to cameras when you turn them on, especially on DSLRs. Uh, no no a- absolutely uh, totally with you uh, but i'm uh, the with the referring comment that i had before was primarily also to a certain point aesthetics uh, not to say that i don't want to but let's say i'm in a place and i'm taking pictures and i'm, I'm taking perfectly fine pictures without in- in- infringing on anybody else's pri- personal privacy i don't want to basically where i'm sitting doing my own work and start making shutter camera sound where people are going to start looking at me which kind of makes it look weird so it's the opposite part of that but i agree uh, the function is primarily intended so that people are aware around you that you are taking a picture. Uh, but I also know now that at least for the most part, it is an international thing, knowing that if somebody's doing this, holding in front of them in this mode, that they're taking a video or a picture of something that they're not watching, especially in public areas. So people typically can see that. Um, so but you're right. Yeah, uh, this is also for privacy issues. You're absolutely right. I love I love it how you keep me in my spot there, my friend. Thank you. Um, I see Joe, hey, purposely, uh, uh, sorry, uh, purposely pixel as well. Team pixels representing uh, TK, (laughs) TK pixel six bay. Oh my God. We're going to have to, we'll have to figure out. Yeah, we'll work on those. When we get to the Android, to the uh, TK section, we'll, we'll see how the creativity kind of kicks in in there. Um, uh, We are talking about the camera shutter sound being a permanently enabled on Japanese imported phones, right? I, I, I wasn't sure if that was the one he was referring to. So hopefully uh, Russ can jump back into it. Uh, Yeah. LG Korean phones, even when muted makes a shutter sound. So, yeah. So I think that's, it's more so in that aspect. And I can imagine it again, being a privacy thing more so than anything else. Uh, But I also look like it sometimes at some point or another, it's Android. So it's one of those things that when you have a device and you're not used to it, then it's one thing. But if you're in a market where this is a standard. This should not be an issue and it would be a concern only for somebody importing it outside. Like if you're trying to bring it outside of the uh, Japanese market into another market that doesn't have it. Again, these are the, the typical things that you get based on region. And those are typical things that we have to kind of address when we get there. Uh, Matt, the man himself, the God of the call of duty, God, Uh, hope you're doing well, man. I hope you're doing better. Um, hey, guys, I'm at work and I have some other things going on with me uh, uh, in my uh, oh, in my with um, my granddad in the hospital. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Hold on. Um, doing other things going on with his granddad. Sorry, can't stick around. Love you all. Uh, hope you're doing well, man. And I wish your grandfather uh, the best. I hope he he recovers or whatever's going on, and you're able to come back, and he's able to you know come back uh, back to you guys at home, of course. Um, but yeah, man, take care. Of, of course, thank you. Thank you for stopping and and um, and even just saying hi. Really, thank you. Um, yeah, man. Hot. Yeah, my God it's tough it's tough family having family and 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 having problems sometimes family facing some concerns is always uh, a big thing that you have to you kind of like just shocks your world kind of thing you know it's tough um okay So 1038 and it is okay. so not bad. I'm I'm actually catching up a little bit. So here's a question from Ash. Yes, uh, this is what I said. I believe in Japan uh, things. okay. so I think Ash is just confirming it is based on the Japanese market, not necessarily Chinese. I my mind went to Chinese devices. I typically don't import Japanese devices. Um, because a it's harder shipping from Japan has been a much bigger challenge. The last time I was able to bring anything from Japan that I wasn't being able to buy it and bring it myself with me was because I had a friend that lived there and he no longer lives there. So again, processing and, and things over there, um, Taylor Bell is asking questions, a, c- a question, uh, the CPU, um, in the nothing phone is the snap is the Snapdragon 778 G. So there's a G missing there. I think that's the variant. How capable is that for nothing to Okay, so how capable is that for Nothing to choose uh, for their first device? So device that, the, the Nothing phone is trying to hit its price point, right? So what we've seen right now is what Nothing is trying to offer us is they are trying to give us a device that has good battery life, good features, and a very capable processor at a very reasonable price. To do that, where we can no longer do what we've done, what, what OnePlus did 10 years ago or nine years ago. Uh, they have to kind of marry the relationship and can tailor the experience to a certain level. So you notice the sensors that they went with, the hardware that they went with, the display and everything that they're going they're trying to feature a specific uh, Uh, look, an aesthetic look, obviously outside of just the design on the back. So choosing the 778 is actually a very smart thing to do, to bring your cost down, extend certain features, uh, and give you capabilities that you typically see with a flagship, but not necessarily all of them. So that's the main reason why the HN1, uh, sorry, the 778G is the one that they went with. It's not going to be the only phone they release, and they did not say that they're not sticking to this uh, recipe. For the rest of their basically, it's always going to be mid-ranger. Uh, but this is the first one that is the first phone that came out the, uh, at the gate. So, from what I've seen with most people commenting on it, there's come, obviously, depending on where you're getting it, there's some concerns here and there about tint and so on on the display. But it still looks like it's doing pretty well. It's not as it did not disrupt the market the way Carl Pei kind of left us uh, with the impressions from the impression uh, from those launch events, or the I, I like to call them basically the funding seeding um, presentations that he did. Uh, but it looks like it's uh, doing a decent job. And I'm hoping to get my hands on one soon. So we'll see how that works. Um, So Joe, Joe's saying, uh, I'm going to order Chinese Chinese food. So <laughs> we'll have you guys in the background. <laughs> I'm hoping you're ordering some good stuff. So I don't know, man. Let's share, uh, share share, share, some of that love, man. Just have them take that quick flight over to LA. It's just 11 and a half hours. They'll make it. Um, part of the capab- uh, part of the repairability is to access the parts. Obviously, that's going to be the biggest thing. It's hard to get um, get the black glass um, off the frame uh, of the Pixels, the Pixel 6 lines. People throw away devices that uh, that should be repaired too easily in the U.S. market. And that's the biggest thing I always face. You're right. You shadow the display or the display looks in a really bad situation. Sometimes it'll be, like, it be cheaper for me to just go. And you're right because you do take it into the store. And if it's a little bit older device, the cost factor becomes a big thing, right? For me... I always look like I always look at it as I mean I can buy my parts I can open it up if I fix it has a video if somebody else has a video on how to unbox how to open it up and put it in it's not that hard but you're right it, it is becoming harder this is the concern that we have as as a right to repair uh, but my hope is that what we see as time goes on is um, easier I guess it's harder to get. Uh, I'm hoping for better uh, better repairability functionality as opposed to keep going into more and more very compressed, very hard-to-get-to-hardware because even Google wouldn't be able to fix it at that point. If you send it in for repair, if you have it under warranty, they may end up doing the same thing that you said right now. That basically, they take it away, they throw it away, recycle it just to get the parts, and then you end up getting another device that's been refurbished. It's harder. Um, I hope that we do get better as time goes on. But being that Google's t- doubling down on the design, as we saw with the 7 and the 7 Pro, that doesn't look like it's a story that's going to be changing very much, but I hope it does. And I'm hoping that we we do find better methods to access the parts. Maybe that's what I was trying to shoot for before. Although the hardware may be harder by design, but methods and techniques of getting into devices are getting better. And we just maybe need different tools that we just don't have access to right now. Uh, da, da, da. let me see. Oop, dang it. I hate, I hate it when it does thing. So it's here. So jumping in as TK, just curious, um, keep the phone in silent mode, uh, won't block the camera shutter sound. Yeah, no, it doesn't, uh, in markets that it's intended to stay on, it stays on regardless if your phone is on silent. So if you put it on silent, you shut down the audio, you turn down all notifications, all of that, it should still make the sound because that's part of the camera, uh, the, the camera uh, app, which accesses the sound functionality. Keep in mind, if it's done for privacy, it is it is in there specifically for that specific reason. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Fry Dragon. Enjoy your Chinese food. Everybody, please wish uh, Joe a good, uh, I'm assuming dinner, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it should be pretty good dinner uh, or supper, depending on what, uh, what you're having. If maybe it's just a mid afternoon snack. So let me see here. I think I'm, I'm almost ca- caught up in here. Let me double check that Mr. Davin Davis <laughs> always, uh, Joe, sorry, Russ jumping back is, uh, TK are the U S carrier phones apps. Um, are they all removable in other countries? You have, uh, you have to flash another software to remove them from, I- I'll say this, no. No, no, Um, most of bloatware. So so there's there's bloatware and then there's third-party apps, right? So most carriers in the U.S., they have an agreement to have their own specific applications to install. Now, if you buy an unlocked phone, I'll say this, if you buy an unlocked phone, let's say a Pixel or a a device that is not bound to a specific carrier and you install or you activate it, like a perfect example would be the Pixel. My Pixel wasn't unlocked. The 6A that I got is an unlocked phone. Once I put in my T-Mobile SIM card, Google recognized that I'm on a T-Mobile network and it downloaded my T-Mobile app. That's an agreement between Google and T-Mobile that anytime a SIM card of theirs is inserted into their device, we'll get that. Now, because of that situation, I'm able to uninstall the T-Mobile app and I'm moving forward and I did that. I did not want that app on my device. There's a lot of aggregate information that T-Mobile likes to pull from our, our devices without uh, necessarily being very forthcoming about it. And even if you decide to uncheck for that, it, it's different. So long story short, I don't like them. On devices that are branded for, let's say, T-Mobile, and it would be an example of my S22 Ultra, um, all the applications that Samsung agreed with, let's say Facebook, all of the other applications, not to say I used them, but like those applications that are third-party apps, you're able to remove. The system apps, you're not able to remove, you're able to suspend. But they're always going to be and always going to be a thing. uh, A carrier locked version of a phone has third party, not third party, other system level applications that are not in your application drawer, specifically T-Mobile application. And again, this goes back to the whole what they like to aggregate data off of you from your devices. Uh, One thing was specific for me when I saw it when I got the S22 Ultra was that it automatically started installing applications for me and not asking me to, you know, basically saying, hey, would you like these things? And they categorize them as. Uh, experience improvements and all it was, was basically bloatware. This is them getting paid to install apps on my phone and I'm supposed to take it in that sense. So long story short, those were removed and I did rec- I did end up having to get some kind of a system at- level access to disable the service that T-Mobile had running in the background. So the long answer of that question realistically, um, you can uninstall all of most of the third party apps, not system level apps, meaning your carrier app. But for those, you're either able to hibernate or you're able to get into a system level app uh, type. Like there's a bloat uh, app disabler and stuff like that for Android, or for Samsung, and some of the popular devices on the market uh, that act uh, in a way that are able, enables you to disable those functionalities. Anyways, long story short, I don't know why I'm, I'm kind of like jumping into it, but my phone was like buzzing like it's going out of style. Oh, Roger, Roger just went up, and I think. Yeah, <laughs> I love getting notifications, but I think like my device almost woke up and it hit me with like a thousand. So we'll see. We'll see. Golan Lavi, man. Hey, hope you're doing well. Thanks, man. Kicking in. Um, So Golan just got his uh, Magic 4 Pro, and I think he was having some concerns. So he is, dis- he's saying basically, I have the Magic 4 Pro, and I'm disappointed. It's heating up. Uh, it's heating up issues. Uh, videos in 4K, there's some lag. The system also uh, lagging. Also, you can't change sorry, you can't change uh, just only with uh, oh, you can't charge only with the honor charger. I know I was able to charge mine with, with non honor chargers. I see the next week coming uh, where there's a big update. So uh, I'll step back. I'm not sure if it's, um, I guess I'm not sure with the version that you have. The version that I have is a UK edition. I'm assuming maybe yours is a little bit different. Um, not to kind of harp on the uh, the situation, but my understanding is I'm hoping the update does fix the concern. As far as charging, I rarely ever use pri- uh, first-party chargers, especially when I'm traveling. And I went to New York for, uh, was it like about a five or six-day trip uh, business slash family thing? Uh, no problem at all. Uh, I charged it with third-party chargers. Uh, I was taking 4K videos, shooting, rendering, editing, producing content, uploading content. There was a whole bunch of things done. Um, I took it with me when I went to the, you know, the uh, Empire State Building. Rockefeller Center, the uh, uh, Lady Liberty—literally, I, I was filming the entire city. Uh, did not have those type of issues, and I'm wondering if it's a either a bug or could potentially maybe a reset help. And if that doesn't help, I'm hoping the software update does. I, I'm really sad because I remember how excited you are um, for getting that—that that that device was coming to the market. That was—I remember that was a big thing that you were—you shared with us a couple of times. I think was it not the last a few few months ago? I think when um, uh, when we when we first started talking about the Magic Four Pro. Yeah, I hope, man, I hope it doesn't get better. Uh, Javier Hidalgo, hey, man, hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing you're doing great. It's a beautiful Saturday here. Uh, and, and I say that purely because it's it's a beautiful, very hot Saturday, because that's how we do it. Uh, phone one is fa- OK, so here, fa- Ash is jumping in. Uh, the, the nothing phone one is a fantastic device. I've been using it almost constantly uh, for the last nine days, and I'm pretty impressed with what we get and what it can do for the price. See it, it always comes back down to you know how much skin in the game do you have right so look at it in that aspect judge it for what it does there's no question I mean, again the IMX766 uh so uh, yeah, that the 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 sensor that they used again has been doing so well on a flagship level Realme and more of the other companies are using them in their mid-range devices, and I'm really happy to see what we're able to get there. So I'm I'm glad that you're liking it. And again, um, primarily for me, it's more more like curiosity. I love um, new tech, and you know, there is some. I'll say this: there's an interesting approach to this device. Is it? what it was supposed to be. I don't feel like we got everything that was there. I feel like the hype machine definitely overhyped and kind of delivered just right. But we need to kind of see how things go and how it actually holds up uh, with time, updates, software, usability, functions, and so on. So for sure, for sure. Uh, Davin Davis, TK. Um, I'm almost tempted to get the, the nothing phone one in black. That would be the one I get um, uh, for about $510 from uh, from an old Hong, from an old Hong Kong site that I use. Um, I think for 510, it's not that bad as far as the over uh, for, for the pricing that you're getting there. And I think the color is the right option. If you are able to, you know, get it, enjoy it and, and use it. And then at some point when you're done, if you're able to basically sell it at that point, I think that'll be the best way. If you're thinking of getting it and using it permanently, I would be very, I would be very, very weary in making sure that you're able to get all the services that you want on it. Directly. Because if you're importing a Chinese edition, keep in mind, sometimes Chinese editions don't come with Google Play services. And if the site says that it does, so if you know you're getting, let's say, a China mainland version, and it, then they say what well, it will have Google Play services, that means they sideloaded the Google Play Store to it right? And sometimes, and I'll be very specific, sometimes some banking applications don't like that because not uh, the entire security suite of of Google isn't installed and it doesn't always run the same way. So I'm just letting you know there may be something in the code that they may check. So if that's a concern, just keep that in mind when you're doing yours. So just something to keep in mind when you're looking into it. But yeah, I I definitely would not, um, definitely a good option. And getting it from Hong Kong typically means it's an international model, but just double check the model number that they're talking about. Uh, Ash, Dominic Wong, uh, Jimmy fire dragon see, I see. I love, I love the fact that you guys are talking with each other too. It's always, always fun. And look at that. I actually made it into the actual timeline correctly. Uh, so here, Russ just posted this question, TK, which is better, um, which is better, a dedicated high quality macro or an integrated, uh, with the ultra wide camera and how is the quality on the S22 ultra, um, I don't think a lot of ultra uh, i'll be I'll be very honest with you. I don't take a lot of macro shots. I like it when it's incorporated into the ultra wide. I say that because we do not get good macro lenses on a device. Typically, it's literally a two megapixel, maybe at best it's three or four, or whatever. But they're typically a number sensor uh, it's a low number sensor, and the fidelity is not as great. I think utilizing a high quality ultra-wide and trying to use that for the close proximity imagery that you're able to do with for macro photography is a much better approach. Also limits the fact that we don't have to have an extra bloatware camera that doesn't do much. I'd rather have an ultra-wide, a telephoto and a stand uh, and a standard not to have uh, and then not have the macro take one of those numbers away and then end up getting a compromised experience. So that's pr- typically what I prefer. Um, do I take a lot of macros? Unfortunately, not. Uh, I do like and I love what what uh, OPPO and Realme did last year and this year with the microscope lens. And that was a much more functional one where we got really an interesting approach to camera photography at the macro level, uh, but not like not 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 typical macro lenses like, you know, the microscope, not macro. Sorry about that. I jumped into that long, a little bit. Um, uh, one plus not sound. Okay. So I think the Reaper black was talking something. I got myself an eight giga in a two fifty six storage, nothing phone one in black, not unboxed. I have not unboxed it yet. Look at Joe flexing. Look at Joe flexing, man. Yeah, Joe. So all you have to do to unbox it is a simple straight process. Okay, uh, and I'll tell you this because I do this all the time. I've been doing it for like 12 years. All you're going to have to do is get it a bigger box than the phone. Okay. You put some things on top of it right when you put the box with that brand new box that you haven't unboxed in there and you close the box. I know it sounds wrong. You're like, it's unboxing, but why are you closing the box? I'll tell you how it works. Very, very simple. I'm gonna send you my address and you're gonna be basically printing a shipping label and putting it on top of that box. And from there, just dropping it off to the post office. That's how you unbox it because it'll just take about a day or two and then there'll be a video unboxing that phone um, on yours truly. But no, um, <laughs> I think, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it, man. Um, I'm I'm really, really jealous of the fact that the fact that the Nothing Phone 1 is not here. But a lot of people are importing it and I'm really loving it. So I, I saw Dan's coverage as well on uh, on his channels as well. So I'm really looking forward to. It. And I think uh, one of my buddies in New York, um, Antonio, has also uh, got one of those. I think he was able to get his hands on that. They did a, a pop-up uh, event. And every time they had... So here's the kicker. Every time OnePlus is in New York, or not OnePlus, like nothing is in New York, I'm not able to make it. Like, I'm going to be there next week for OnePlus, but nothing is in... It's not there. So it's like, yeah, can we make it happen? Can we make it happen? no. Uh, but congrats, man! Yeah, a two fifty six, very very nice. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Ash is doing the exact same thing. Go on. Uh, Tika, the Asus Zenfone Nine looks uh, looks like a flagship smartphone uh, for uh, for for how how on small Android, but the price is 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 too high. So yeah, no. Ah, uh, the Asus the the Zenfone Nine is also another one that I'm really interested to check out. It's a very Um, They've done it before. Don't get me wrong. The the Zenfone 8 was also very much in that same boat. It's a very good, well-rounded smartphone, and it gave you all of the benefits that you wanted. But yeah, as as time goes on, unfortunately, pricing seems like it's going a little bit up as time goes on. So for sure. Oh my God, Joe Joe finally got it. Yeah, it's a simple process, Joe. Simple, easy process. Unbox it by boxing. It's It's an inception kind of thing. It may take a few minutes, but while you're pondering on that, the phone could be on its way to me. So this is this is just an easy way to do it, I think so. Uh, I'm not sure everybody else in the chat agrees with it. Uh, oh, look at that. Okay, so Joe's jumping in. Here. Um, so here, um, we have the exclusivity uh, exclusively uh, on, uh, on O2 in the UK. Again, an unlimited uh, sim for, uh, free uh, sim free basically approach, but have to get a device. So I picked up picked up a cheaper device uh, over 36 months, and then obviously paid just 12 months, 12 pounds a month. I like that. No, I, I agree. Uh, make it make it happen and make it work. And and the phone works great in the UK for you guys, of course. That, that's how it works. Um, I think Davin is jumping in with that. So, okay. Um, I see that we're hitting that time, that magical time of the show where we have the tk section. So what we're going to start saying is this. If you're new, if you haven't been watching as you haven't, haven't been kicking it with us here on, on the Android-based show for some time, Uh, This is the part of the show where you'll start seeing some interesting comments in the chat. And those are basically the hashtag TKception. It's a visual effect thing that happened to us or one time happened to us about a year and a half ago or so uh, that I kind of have stuck. And it is basically our unique little trick that we do uh, to kind of have, well, help highlight and showcase all of our lovely. Uh, members and content uh, and people that are with us here. So as that's going on, you'll start seeing that in the chat. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start kind of like really recalibrating and kind of recapping my week and hopefully give you guys a little bit of a heads up on what's coming up next week. Um, first and foremost, as I told you guys, so this week was pretty much a very light week for you, but I did have a lot of content, a lot of things, preparation for other things, hopefully coming up in the future. Um, I dropped the video for you guys literally 10 minutes before the show started. If you haven't had a chance to, please, please, please make sure to check that out. It is on the TK Bay channel, so it's on the main channel, not on the Android Bay. Uh, there'll be an Arabic version coming out about a few hours after. I was not able to edit both videos at the same time, uh, but I'm hopefully you will be able to done with about an hour or so after the show is done and I'll, you'll have an Arabic model as well. So if you guys are watching that one on the Tarek Bay channel, it'll be there. Um, so for next week, it's primarily going to be focused on, uh, I want to basically push out the video on the pixel go to uh, laptop, the, sorry, not the pixel, the surface <laughs> laptop, go to confusing numbers, confusing things. Um, so that's going to be my main thing, kind of doing that back to school. I was hoping for it to be this week, but I was just honestly overwhelmed with the amount of things that needed to happen. So that's going to be the main video. There'll be a surprise video coming in later on, um, as well. And we'll have a little bit more conversation going on with other content so on um this week i did also do one additional thing i did activate the membership on the channel not that i'm expecting uh, you know, a lot of people interested, but if, if there's if that is something that you guys are interested, there is now an active join button on the TK Bay channel uh, trying to basically hopefully figure out something. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change anything else. It is literally just another way to connect with me. But we still have obviously all the other options that are still available. Uh, I also updated the channel intro, sh- uh, the channel intro uh, video. Purely because the beard doesn't look the way that video had. Like, I mean, I had it at one point when it was like this and I was like, OK, that looks really cool. But like, I can't you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't like most of the time, if you turn on the channel right now, the beard is this. And so for the most part, that's why I kept it there. So those are the make biggest things kind of going on. And of course, we dropped a few reels and stuff like that. Uh, we have the Pixel Buds uh, Pro that are in the studio that are going to be working on those for next week as well. So that'll be the other video I push out. Um, very happy. Very good very easy and very responsive. This really gives me the the Pixel experience, but when it comes down to Buds, and I know it's called the Pixel Buds Pro, but that's literally what this is. The responsiveness, the, the actions, the, the connectivity to the Google services, it works really good. So... That's going to be the plan, and and I will be in New York, so I will definitely be talking about the uh, OnePlus 10T next week for you guys. I'll bring some content, some uh, some posts, and see what they announce, and some hands-on with the device. I'm hoping for some surprise colors, although we already kind of seen like a good part of what they're going to do. So we'll see how that goes. So with that being said, let's go ahead and do this. I need to move this one there, and make it a little bit bigger than what it normally is. I'm going to say share screen. And this is basically a very easy way uh, to kind of do a little bit of a visual effect. Wow, timed it correctly. So as you can see, really, really nice. Very, very, very fun uh, as typically we see that. So here we see Marilyn kicking it with us as well. Davin Davis, hashtag TKception, Saturday morning show. See ya, TK still roots Tesla's <laughs> working on it. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's one of those things you always appreciate. And thank you, Marilyn, for kicking it with us. TK hashtag tkpixel six, a Bay, um, you know, Ash always hanging out with us. TK needs nothing. Carl play, get the phone, get get the phone one to TK. I love that hashtag. Thank you very much, Ash. Thank you very much for kicking us, kicking it with us. Um, Chemi Torres, TKception now TK, the Android baseception. Yeah. TK amigo TK TK, uh, TK Team Pixel as always and of course the man the myth himself the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel DTNl TKception TK6 Pixel 6A bay uh, TKR bay and TK wholesome <laughs> bay and of course a shout out to Juan for the idea yesterday for going to the uh, Peterson museum that was that was a kickass filter you know filter for the win Juan gets bonus points TKception, TK6bay. Thank you, Joe, for kicking it with us. Um, Ron Guido, as always. Thank you very much. Jimmy Fire Dragon uh, kicking it with us. Russ uh, and of course, everybody kicking it with us, hanging out with us on this beautiful day. Dominic, man, help, hope you're doing well. I'm hoping you're staying cool and everybody else in there. Uh, as always, Jimmy Fire Dragon, everybody else kicking it with us on this beautiful Saturday. If you are uh, if you're not too busy and you are in the t- in the mood for c- getting or catching up on some really good content, I know if I'm not mistaken, I think Dan, both Grounded Tech and Life of Tech, which is RogerBot, are going to be live streaming on. I, I want to say I-, I got the notification that at least RogerBot went live on Twitch. So if you guys obviously know them, you want to follow them, please make sure to share the love. Um, I'll say this. Next week's going to be super busy for me, and I'm going to try my best to give you guys the best experience possible. So if you have any questions, any comments, please feel free to reach out to me. Check out the audio podcast of this show after about an hour or so after the show is live. If you'd like to catch it on the replay, thank you very much. Be safe, stay safe. I'll see you next week. And we be obviously talking to you guys online. (laughs) Bye-bye for now.